Hello and welcome to my podcast. <laughs> it's a little place of the world I like to call my own. And um, it's it's been a while since I've done one of these, you know, sitting here sipping my coffee. And I am enjoying this weather. It was really nice yesterday, 70 degrees on Valentine's Day, the day after Valentine's Day. I think it's the universe's way of trying to tell us that... Uh, Hit those bargain outlets. <laughs> have my coffee as usual. I used to always do this with texts. You know, we'd always have the coffee and uh, sitting around talking about music and sitting around a fire sometimes. We were out of camp and it always seemed to bring everything together. All the thoughts, everything else. And that's what I'm doing. Today is a warm but rainy day <laughs> in February, which is rare. Like I've had colder days in August than today. So we're going to make the most of it. We're going to talk a little bit. Hmm. So, good coffee. Good coffee. You know, I kind of talk about coffee real first here. I there, Before the pandemic, you know, my my dad grew up um, in the Great Depression and he'd drink whatever coffee they could get. And he always said the best coffee was that... Uh, Eight o'clock coffee. I love it. Love eight o'clock coffee. But during the pandemic, I couldn't get it. And I tried. I tried, brothers. I tried, brothers and sisters, to get some coffee that would pique my soul and get my juices flowing, my brain working. It just, it just gave me the jitters. And I'm caught now between eight o'clock and that McCafe, which is really good. And there's a local one up here, Lineron, Um uh, coffee it's up you can get it up in Ligonier it's a local thing to this area the Laurel Highlands I uh, thought it was really cool one time they had a little place set up at the state park where you could you could have a cup of coffee and I, I stopped bought a little bit of it and I was blown away so those three those three coffees man I've been I've been hitting it every day like just 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 to get me going and I'm doing that today you can tell I don't have the coffee nerves, but it's got me wide awake and alive. And sometimes you just need that for your soul, especially being a writer. Um, I do this, did this as an outreach as a writer too. I tried, <laughs> I tried a lot of different media, different uh, ways of reaching out in the matrix of social media. You know, first it was blogs, it was uh, different things like that. Um, my literary uh, company I work through wanted me to do the Facebook, do the Instagram, the Twitter, the whatever. <laughs> it's it's good. It's a good outreach. I really like the podcast method. You know, uh, Raylan and Pepper and uh, Tom really, really got me interested in this. And I was at first, I'm like, because I, I work with a guy. He was into uh, podcasting, and he says, man, you got to check out Rogan and check out all these other people. And I'm like, you know, I'm not sitting here for uh, a couple hours watching, listening to a podcast. And I got hooked um, on this one podcast. It's really good. Started listening to it, and I was like, wow, with the... the uh, the guy's ex-military, and just he was a Navy. I believe he trained Navy SEALs, but uh, the uh, 
podcast I'm thinking of, I gotta find it here for a minute. I know his name. I just I want to make sure I get it right because he's got a nickname. Uh, Jocka podcast man, he he's great. Like he gets people on. It's not necessarily my political beliefs of what he talks about a lot, but it gives me diversity. You know, I was always taught in college. Wisest thing a man can have is being able to look at something on many different levels, many, many different levels, and being able to say, well, I can see why you feel that way, and I can see why you feel that way, and I, why I feel this way. And that's that's the enlightened way of, really, back to the ancient Greeks, way of looking at things stoically, uh, to, to understand people, rather than saying, hey, that guy's standing over there, I don't like him, I don't like his beliefs, for whatever reasons, I have these beliefs, he has those beliefs, and darn it, I'm not talking to you. That, that's how silly it is. It's like two dogs that are barking and fighting over the same um, tree. The, the podcast is loud, what in a lot of ways Netflix, different other media have had, where instead of being on an interview or a small section of a book, like you get on television, maybe a 10-minute snippet of information on a book that somebody wrote. And instead, with the podcast medium and with the idea of having a show, like look at uh, what Star Wars is doing, for instance, you can have a whole miniseries. And that, that's what it allows you. You can go on. I don't do these very long, but some of these people that do these podcasts for three hours long. And if you sit and you listen to it, you get a better understanding of what you're being presented whether you agree with it or not, you can do your own research on everything after the fact or even while listening to it to uh, get almost like a college course in it, get almost like a, a lecture on it. They're more of a lecture series than they are just someone's opinion. I, I find that the most fascinating. Um, that's, that's why I liked some of Rogan's stuff and Jocko's and of course, Raylan Nelson is knocking it out of the park with her music is funny. Uh, her and JB interviewing these different comedians. It you get to see a side of them, based on how Raylan does the questioning, making it very human. That uh, it's fun, and that's what I love about our girl Raylan. She is one of my friends. Uh, I consider her like a really honest friend. That you know, Raylan. When you have Raylan Nelson around. Yeah, she's got the name recognition, <laughs> Willie Nelson's granddaughter. But, you know, she's she's honest and real. Raylan is Raylan, and uh, she's a human being first. It's what I kind of miss. You know, things change. Things change over time. With um, Elon taking over Twitter, a lot of people have left. One of them is her Aunt uh, Paula uh, off of Twitter. I, I really miss... That outreach that Twitter had given everybody, and I'm trying to keep with it, I'm trying to keep with the podcast, but it really was a nice medium to do these types of things, because ideally, as an artist, this is what a lot of these platforms don't understand. Ideally, as an artist, you want to be able to present your information to... Uh, this is why Patreon works, by the way, very well. 
you want to be able to take your information say here uh, I'm putting this across all platforms it doesn't just belong to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're using it as an outreach on all platforms and you have to look at what what platform works the most to you some people work very well on Twitter and not on Instagram some people work very well on Instagram and not on the other ones um, to me I think that uh, it, it's all in what you invest, but ideally you want to have something that's a main source to where you can release something that goes out on all the platforms. That's why the people at Patreon, it really works well. Uh, you can get exclusive content no matter what platform it is. You get the YouTube videos, you get it all. It works extremely efficiently, more than just focusing on one platform. That's why you'll see with many of us, I had a cup of coffee here, a little bit more to drink. I'm going to have a little more of this. My throat's a little dry. Give me a second. You'll see why many of us will have at the top of our pages a sort of press press release, kind of like the a lot of your reporters would have. It's like a, uh, I have one, um, it's because I was into art, I kind of like the idea and the way it's set up. It's like your... Um, portfolio you know you used to when i started art class we would carry around i never forget my teacher said to us she got these big cardboard pieces of cardboard folded in half and we had to we had to put like carpet on and we felt like these you know old-fashioned carpet baggers but they were they were a portfolio you'd put your best artwork into where if you wanted to present your work if you wanted to go and you had right here okay here, i did this pen and ink i did this i did that that's not what it is, and I use it to where I can put all my books, um, I outreach to the different publishers I deal with, um, different agencies, you know, talent relation people, and, and all that. Um, it, it's That's what I love, love about that. It, it gives me that, that type of, you know, just, just like with the Lobello card where someone can just scan it and you can have them get whatever you want them to get. It's going with the times, and times have changed drastically in the, the world of art. Um, I, I love it, though. I love these times. You know, it keeps you on your toes a little bit. The only bad thing, the only bad thing about it, like you take, uh, I'll go again back to Raylan's grandfather, Willie. You know, when Willie came out, you had different scenes like Nashville. And I think if I remember correctly, he was the first one that just said, hey, I'm going to record in my own studio and do it my way. But... You didn't have all these venues out here. You didn't have all these ways of reaching out. You didn't have YouTube and Twitter and, and Instagram and uh, you name it, okay? So even television had 12 channels at tops. The news was only on for a couple hours a night. When you had music, it was on a record because you went to the store and you bought it or an 8-track or a tape. Now with, with everything from Amazon to, to social media, it's hard to reach across all those platforms. It's hard to say, hey, you know, I'm really doing good here on Twitter, but I'm missing all the people that don't have Twitter and have Instagram and would really like my music. That's why it's important for us to reach out this way and to do, do a portfolio and, you know, and talking cross-platform what's good and what's not good. I want, I want to talk a minute here about a couple artists... Nashville scene, I really am impressed by. Um, 
Should I start with Raylan? Yeah, I'll start with Raylan. Raylan does not need my advertisements, but I, I, she's, you know, she's good at what she does. She's, she's good at marketing. That, that, that young, that young lady, <laughs> my friend Raylan, she is a woman that has a lot uh, going for her on just design. You know, she's doing this thing right now, this, this month. Um, it's, it's kind of a tribute to Loretta Lynn. And that's why I wanted to start with it. I'm thinking about people that really inspired me. Along with her grandfathers, like Loretta Lynn. My grandmother and I, we went to see Loretta Lynn with my mom down in West Virginia uh, many, many years ago. And I loved Loretta Lynn. I can see the comparisons between Loretta Lynn and Raylan. They're very down-to-earth people, very wonderful people, very just funny and witty and... They, they take their work seriously, but they don't have this big ego where they take themselves way more serious than they should. Raylan, Raylan's great, and she's doing this sort of tribute to Loretta Lynn. It's, it's a kind of a yellow sunset-looking photo of Loretta Lynn kind of had with the, the nice, like, Loretta Lynn always had those dresses that reminded you of um, coming up in Appalachia. From nothing and, and using your music to, to get to where you are. And Raylan's doing this Fist City. Raylan Nelson Band. She's really getting good at this. Um, there's a couple songs that are coming out. There's supposed to be giveaways, she was saying. So look into her. You know, she's on Instagram, Twitter, I believe Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, Raylan's really hitting something really good here. You know, she's not just somebody that's doing her own stuff. She pays a lot of tribute to the people that, that, that not just that she grew up being inspired by, but the people that helped make the business what it, what it is today. And I'm going to go on her link tree here and see what it says. Uh, she's on Instagram, Twitter, it's the Raylan Nelson Man Facebook. Uh, she has her podcast, of course. Uh, YouTube. Let's see if her podcast Patreon it doesn't work. Raylan, your your link tree does not work. <laughs> it's probably because I'm doing it within the app here, but I'll see what it comes up as. Here it is, a picture for grandfather and her. I, lo I love that picture. I really do. Um, she makes these great little bracelets out of uh, guitar string and bandana and it, it's kind of such a callback to her grandfather and that red that iconic red bandana you know uh, Raylan Nelson uh, Jonathan Bright Preach Rutherford and well, there's a bunch of people in her band you would really enjoy this I really am telling people check out her her latest uh, work here is like really a beautiful, beautiful tribute to Loretta Lynn. When I first saw it, it, it actually brought a little bit of tears to my eyes because I thought, you know, um, when Loretta Lynn died this past year, it just it brought back so many memories of my grandmother and us. And it was like a, it was like an end of an era. You know, and you sat and I always thought to myself, you know, am I the only one that really has these special memories? And then all these famous, 
female artists came out and Loretta had inspired them. And so many other people had stories that just tell that much. Loretta Lynn's music and honesty and down-to-earth goodness just, just brought, brought the uh, music world so available to them. She made it available. Um, it was the kind of music back in Appalachia at the time. My dad would tell me about this, that you know, he wasn't from Appalachia. But in the area, a lot of the people get together this guy had a banjo this guy had a guitar this person could play the spoons this person could play the violin my grandfather father could play the violin he learned to in uh, Slovakia and he made music you would have barn dances you would have all these these just working class music that was the soul and the soul of the earth type of stuff and you know Raylan's more of a rock car like a I don't know how you define Raylan. Ray, Raylan's just great. Raylan does her own thing. Like I hate to ever define her because there's the country, there's the rock, but she's she's just she's got her own. Just like her grandfather, her own tone. You would never say, "Oh, it's like like Willie Nelson." You would never say Willie is like uh, any other country music performer. He does his music. You know, that's his that's his soul. That's who he is. I feel that with her. So Raylan, I gave you a good four minutes there. <laughs> I love you, Raylan. You're great. Next here is uh, this young lady, Jax Hollow, and is listed in Nashville, Tennessee. Everybody has this link tree. I don't know. Am I missing out on something by not having link tree? But if you look at the link tree, it is kind of like their portfolio. This is what I'm saying about. Okay, Jack's Hollow. Wolf in Sheepskin. It just came out this past week. It is a nice... She's done a lot of rock. This this girl... Hmm. She's going to have an album out calling it... Only the Wild Ones. So this was like the first release of single of this album. And um, she she's a guitarist. You know, this 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 young woman is a guitarist. Like, you look at her. I love this picture. She's got the little wolf hat on. Looks like a wolf ears. Uh, when I first saw her, I thought, okay. I saw someone mention, like, you got to really check this out. Like, this is so good. And I'm like, okay. Okay, so I'm like. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm, before I hit the video, I'm like, you know, it's just going to be something that's just somebody out there screaming with a guitar. They don't know how to play. And no, <laughs> no. Uh, it says on here that she's uh, reminiscent of Sheryl Crow, Lizzie Hale, and Ann, Ann Wilson. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I could see a lot of, uh, I could see a lot of, uh, even even Jimi Hendrix in that like this this girl is great at the guitar like she's she's a real she's a real musician. Uh, I'm like okay that's good. My cat's my cat's eating some cat food here. So if you hear crunching, it's not me eating. It's my cat. You know she's she's getting all feral here with us, just telling us that she too can be a wolf in sheepskin. <laughs> 
Jax Hollow. She is she's great. And her song, like this 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 single she just put out is about a young woman getting out of her late relationship or something of that nature, and she's getting back into finding herself and realizing, hey, I needed to be comfortable in my own skin and with who I am. And it's it's a great they asked me how I would define it, and I'm like, well, it really and truly is undefinable. It's it's a it's a real beautiful ballad. The, the guitar playing is beautiful in it, but it it stands by itself. It really does. I forget what word I actually used for it, but it it, it is. Um, It's good to hear because I've, I've gone through so many years of just everybody sounding the same, everybody uh, mimicking other people. And it's good with these three artists I'm going to mention that they take it on themselves. And this this girl is really great. Uh, I'd like to play some of it, but I'm not. I don't want to, don't have her permission to really play it. And I wouldn't want to. I want you to all go and check it out. Wolf and Sheepskin, Jack's Hollow. It's an anthem. It's a true anthem. It's an anthem to everything that um, a young lady like her really of this generation with phenomenal musical ability is able to put out there off her own writing. She's not like not like so many of these cover bands you hear. She's really great. And, you know, man, Jack's giving you a shout out there too. Of course, I want to talk about this other young lady. Really impress the heck out of me. Brooklyn. Brooklyn Summer Country. She's 12 years old. 12 years old. <laughs> Might be a little older now. I don't know. But Brooklyn. She's a teeny tiny little thing. She's she's tough. Though. She's got this... Picture of her with this guitar. I mean, it's almost as big as she is. I'm not um, going to put her down, but that's my point is she's tough. She's doing music on stage. And I first heard her, I'm like, wow, this is really good. And I'm looking at someone that when they're in their 20s, when she's in her 20s, she's going to be one of the, the best vocalists of a generation. I'm, I'm going to say that because she... She right now at her age is able to build upon herself as she's playing, get out there and learn from other people. She's talented in taking the effort. I, I was, you know, I, I messaged her back and forth here with stuff I'll post and she'll like it and I'll comment. And she's a very, very old soul, put it that way, as old Chris would say. But uh brooklyn brooklyn has some really great great music check her out brooklyn summer you know i i see here there's all kinds of articles about her i am supporting these people before i say anything else because i like um i like seeing this young talent i like seeing people that have um the chance to to grow on what they really have as a talent, you know. 
There's two Brooklyn Summers that come up when you search it, by the way. One's a beer and one's a singer. I'm talking about the singer. Uh, I, I was saying to my friend, my one friend, her son is homeschooled. And he's homeschooling on his own decision. And they were at the park. And he said, you know, Mom, he says, look at how these other kids are acting. He says, that's why I don't want to be in public school. I want to be able to do what I need to do and then do other things I'm interested in. In other words, if he's interested in playing the guitar, he's going to pick up the guitar and he's going to play it. I think I think that's the same way with like Brooklyn in a way. I don't know if she's homeschooled or what, but she's doing things that are really interested in her. She's got the people behind her and the backing. She has the self-confidence. I never had that growing up in public school. Okay, <laughs> I talk about being a writer and I did a lot of things and my hands were shaking just to submit stuff, just, just to stand up for my own rights. Because the public school system is not geared to make everybody a winner. It's not geared to make everybody a winner based on their talents and, and their interests. The homeschooling system, as much as I'm a fan of public schools, I think that it, like with my friend's son saying, hey, you know, I'm interested in doing this, this, and this. And I'm glad. I'm glad to see, like with Brooklyn, seeing a young person that has incredible ability to play guitar, to write, to write stuff better than I did at 12, <laughs> and be able to speak with adults on their level. It's, it's incredible, and I'm glad to see her building her career. I am a fan and a friend. I hope that she can knock it out of the park continually and that when she's older, she will be the artist that you'll be seeing on TV on, you know, on, uh, at the Opry and saying, yeah, I, I remember her when she was 12, and I knew that this girl had talent. Other people have seen it in her. It's great. It's great. So Brooklyn, you know, sending a shout out to you. You're great. Hang with it. Uh, it it's all the soul, you know. All, all three of these women have soul in their music. It's 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 an expression of some great positive outlook. You know, they're 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 looking at the world and they're putting good energy out there, and the the world's looking back. And it's it's what I've always believed. Um, good energy you put out comes back to you. All right. I, I haven't been, I haven't been, uh, feeling that positive the past year on things. And I have to really admit that it's, it's not so much with the podcast. You know, you all know about the things that have gone on with my uncle having cancer. And that's been a, couple of things to me it's made where I have to kind of like pull in uh, my feelings I haven't been writing a whole lot I am writing don't get me wrong I will have books out in the future but I haven't been writing for the sake of feeling comfortable in my skin to just write what I feel down and the things that I need to I'm not able to write and put down I've been facing a lot of harassment the past year from an individual who lives very close to me and at first, at first, when it happened to me, I was kind of like in shock. I'm like, wow, is it that, that corrupt around here? Am I the only one seeing this? And I voiced to several people about it, the situation. One being 
a musician friend of mine, and he said, brother, it's because you're Native American. And I got, I got all different aspects of it. And I started to see things. And I thought, wow, you know, the level of corruption, even though it comes to police and judges and everything else, is still corrupt when it's unfounded on things to where people are asking you. You, you try to be living in an area and then still touring and going out and you're away for weeks at a time and then working a job at the same time and you get back and you're always fed with this that people are doing things to try to undermine you while you're away or I'm not I can't go into detail about it but I was I was really in a place where I felt when I was home which should be my sanctuary it wasn't it wasn't I didn't level of just feeling at, at peace with it and um it affected a lot of things, but but it also gets me to feel validated. I, I look at the newspaper. I, I won't go into the story, of the situation. You all can look up the. Uh, I'm not putting him down. He's the chief of police of Greensburg was arrested, and you're seeing a level of things happen below that, that a lot of people are unjustly treated a certain way. Um, even from the state police and everything. And it's sad to me. It's really sad to me because I am not someone to come on here and put down the police. I, I'm not. I, I have really good friends that are police officers. I've reached out to them. That uh, good friend of mine, her husband's a cop, and I said, you know, was presenting my situation with him that I was dealing with with an individual and. He said, no, that's not right. He's like, that is never right in any any, any circumstance. And uh, it wasn't until all this hit that I realized, yeah, I'm justified in saying that all this isn't, isn't right. And that uh, the books have been cooked a little bit because when you have a public name out there, people try to take you down. Uh, look, look, for instance, at the, the Pamela Anderson thing. My, my dad knew Pamela Anderson. Uh thought she was a great person. And you look at how she had a tape stolen from their house and the authorities would do nothing, nothing to protect her. Nobody would try. You wonder how that can happen. It all comes down to basically advocacy you have. And if people would care, if they don't care, and if people don't think they can make money at it, they're not going to help you. That's the sad reality of it. That's why so many poor people are in jail. Go back to a, a situation. First of all, I want to say with my, my situation with this past summer, I am not in any way going to support any charity, any drive, anything for the police around here. I had done it in the past. I have a lot of friends, like I said, that are cops. It's so strange to me to go to something where you're Helping to bring in all kinds of money for the police. Then you turn around and you're being harassed by the same people that are friends with somebody that's in a position that they can push push their weight around. It, it, it you just you just kind of like stare and go, wow. I thought this only happened in the movies. Like you know, I'm like, <laughs> you got uh, the guy from. Smokey and the Bandit there, you know, <laughs> old Buford. <laughs> but anyhow, like I, like I said, I've known a lot of cops. I, I knew a woman cop that was 
one of my best friends she loves and I will never say anything bad about her she's one of the people who inspired me to get in the field I did where I'm on my other job that I've gotten less and less doing but I for over 20 years worked with juvenile delinquents to try to help them out to try to be somewhat of a voice to a lot of these young people that do not have the opportunities that many of us have it hasn't made me rich doing this job i did it for several reasons one was because of my friend she's a cop the other one i'll go back to the state police when i was a, I was a child <laughs> so i'll break down this story for you it's, it's i just want to tell it it's kind of kind of interesting it's important about good policing. It's important about life. It's important about knowing everybody's human. Training, hiring standards, you name it all there. Professionalism, ethics. It's, it's very important. Okay, when I was a kid, on the Little Hannah Creek, I didn't say creek, creek. Someone said, do you really talk like that? You, I can't get rid of my Southwestern PA and some of the words. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they say, that's so cute. Oh, it's cute. It's cute until it's not. But uh, here we go. <laughs> you go through the Little Hannah Gorge, and there's both steep sides of it. It's through uh, Chestnut Ridge. Uh Dating back way before these these mountains were here, there were streams that went through. And you can see when you go, I'm climbing them, that different gorges, as the mountains rose, the rivers cut through them like a sauce. And real sharp, steep sides of the gorges. And then on each side of the, the creek, the river, whatever you want to call it, there's a lane going east and a lane going west. But you have this place that they used to call Sleepy Hollow. Was a bar, smorgasbord, a restaurant, all these different things that there was a causeway across. And it helped because if you had a fire one place or the other, it, it, the fire department could fill their vehicles up and they could cross the, the water and they could go up, you know, on the other side. So it's very, even though it didn't seem like a lot, it was very important why they put it there. A uh, very dangerous place to swim. People got caught in the tubes that went under the concrete. But when I was a kid, people blocked it off. And families would go down there swimming, and you had a nice swimming area. They put rocks all the way across, build a wall, and everybody would go swimming down there. I could tell you the stories of, that are in my book, Lohanna Song, about this place. The different characters and people that would go down swimming there, have a fire, have a cookout. Everybody, these latter-day hippies, all minding their own business and living their life in peace. Nobody ever had any problem with anybody. My family, my dad was a fisherman. So my older brother kind of fit into that group. My dad was down there just to fish. It was a very famous photo, video set that they would use, WJAC-TV when I was a kid of me and my dad and my neighbor Lance standing down there fishing and it would come up all the time up until like the past few years I would still see it and say wow there's me at eight years old down there fishing uh it, it just that was my first claim to fame right there 
So my dad was a World War II, Korean War veteran. Um, he worked in business and finance. He was a district supervisor, household finance. He, he was not somebody that was causing problems like myself. He was a professional. He believed in ethics. He believed in everything. And it so happened to be one day, we were down there, my uncle and my dad, fishing. And there were a couple of families there, people swimming. My dad was just fishing. And this, this state police trooper shows up and he tells everybody to leave. And the people that were coming to cook out and stuff like that, they left. My dad was kind of downstream a little bit there and he was fishing. And uh, my uncle said, he says, you know, Pete, uh, they want us to leave. My dad just looked at him and goes, what? He said, I'm fishing here. He says, we're not doing anything. We don't even have a fire. We don't have anything. And he walks back up with his drills, his pole, and he's walking back up. And he's thinking he can reason with this police officer, this, this state trooper. And um, so happens that the trooper <laughs> was, the guy was belligerent. The guy was wired. The guy was on something. And he would not listen to my father. He's like, you know, you have to leave. I'm the law. I said so. And my dad's like, hey, I'm fishing here. I have a fishing license. What what grounds are you telling me to leave? My, my dad knew his, his rights. And the officer was going to arrest him. He handcuffed him and everything and was going to have me walk home. <laughs> I was a kid. I was like eight years old. I was terrified. I was beyond terrified. I'd grown up believing that the, the police were there to help you. And in that instance, as a child, I was terrified. And finally, you know, the guy wouldn't read my dad his rights and finally left him go. My father called up to the, the barracks. And it so happened that this officer was having marital problems. And it was a known problem. And he just, he just snapped. He just snapped and wanted to harass people. And he was, the officer was fired for it. But the chief at the time, at this very police station that I've been having issues with, invited us, us up and said, hey, it said to me as a young child, he says, hey, Will, he says, I don't want you thinking we're, we're like that. We're here to serve the community. Do we get it right all the time? No. Do we want to get it right all the time? Yes. And he says, are there bad apples? Yeah, but that's why I want you to know that this this isn't what I want you to think that this badge means. And he held the badge out. And he said, this badge stands for a lot of brave men and women. Some of them gave their life, not because of this badge, but because their community, they kept safe and people that they gave their life to protect and the wisdom of knowing what their job means they gave me a whole tour of the station and I, I got to see everything I loved it it was it was so inspiring to me that I went from being terrified to wanting to be a cop and I, I said to him I said you know I don't know if I want to be a cop or what and he's kind of laughed and said well you know think about it but whatever you do in your life devoted to helping other people, devoted to doing something important. And that's why I got into one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I got into doing what I did. Um, 
working where I work. I went to college, got a degree in psychology, did the writing too, yes, but that really taught me that maybe I don't want to be a cop, okay? <laughs> I don't have the, I don't have the, uh, I don't have the soul for that. I'm, I'm, an, I'm an artist, but, you know, if I can devote my life to helping out these juveniles, I've had some bad situations they've been in, you know, and they, they've had it all happen to them. And to try to get them to turn their life around. I, I never talk about this as an artist. I kind of keep them both separated, but right now I'm merging it for a moment. I've had a lot of, lot of clients that have died. I've had a lot of clients that have come up to me in the store and said, hey, I want you to meet my wife, my kids. What you said to me changed my life. I'm very blessed. As an artist, I've had people say, you know, what you wrote changed or spoke to me or made me feel what I've been feeling is validated. And neither of these things have made me rich. None of them have. So to once again be put in a place this summer where I was terrified, terrified of that same police department and the harassment for no reason, no, no actual reason at all. And to see the level of corruption around here, it's sad. It's, it's really sad because I keep going back to what that, that uh, chief said to me, or sergeant, whatever he was, captain. And I know that's, that's not right. You know, that's not how it should be. I, that guy was one of my heroes. I only knew him for a few hours, but he really, he really made me feel the same way my uncles did in, in the war, my dad, that that uniform meant for what men and women with character stand for. In the summer, to be, to be in a situation where I'm afraid. You know, I, I have a lot of friends that have been in situations, but I've never been because I've always been, you know, kind of clean about everything and trying to devote my life to something better than what all that is about. I was just kind of beside myself, very beside myself. So, I am not going to be doing any fundraisers for, for them. I felt in the past I used to do a lot more. I, I started out doing them with uh, Jessica Lynch, Jessica's Candle, and it was amazing. Well, I got into doing stuff for people. A lot of it being like, you know, the with the online ways of raising money. It's made it to where people anybody can put something up. And you always want to bet you always want to do your research. I got burnt where somebody was raising money for cancer that was fake, and I really was disgusted by that. So I quit doing it. Lately, getting back into this, getting back into being involved with real causes like uh, Brian with IMLS and Kay with Team Molly, I really am inspired to, again, be an advocate for um, people and empathize with what they've been through and, and trying to change those situations that cause that or the diseases like my father with cancer or my friends with ALS to get re funding for research to help them. 
Those are very valid to me. What's not valid to me is to raise money for people that are going to abuse people. And that's that's the opposite of what I've ever believed in. When I raised money, I was raising money to help fund organization that helped their community and didn't abuse them. So when they started abusing me, I just look at them and go, man, you know, I... Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to help you out anymore. You know, if you're going to try to hurt people, no, that's not what that badge means. And, um, I'll let their internal affairs look into it and see what's, what they think of it. But it's going to be changing a lot around here because of this situation in the newspaper. A lot of people have to sit back and look and say, Hey, we got to start reviewing all these cases around here that people were brought in on because of because of corrupt people you know and you when you don't get rid of that corruption people lose faith in their community and in their law enforcement and it's it's awful it's not what should be happening at all so do i think that they can change oh absolutely i think that you know if you better better policing better training Better knowledge your community, ethics, ethics, um, professionalism, and then you're on the right track and people can. But it's really been between that and the stuff in Memphis, a gut, gut shot to say, hey, it's like it hits you in the stomach and says, hey, you know, these, this has to be done better. There's got to be a better way. So I'm going to get back into writing this year. I'm going to get back into doing some, some of that. And I don't. I'm putting off my next book. I don't really feel that uh, Alpha Wolf is a great book. Uh, Lohanna Song is a great book. I am taking time and I'm going to do a larger book. I want to do something larger. I want to do something that's more conclusive and uh, maybe in a collaboration. I don't know. I'm talking about a few different ideas. Something different. I just don't want to keep doing book after book after book. Uh, sometimes you want to do something different. You want to have fun with it. You want to have a little bit of it. And poetry and music are always from the soul. It's not, I've always said, it's not about the album you put out. It's about the, uh, the times when you're just playing, having fun, the stuff that you don't get on a record. Because records are marketed at, we want this hit. We want this. You're going to make this. No, I'm not going to make this. That's only a part of what I do. I do all this. And uh, if you could put all this into that, good for you. Jimi Hendrix knew that. You know. Uh, so check out my friends I mentioned. Raylan Nelson. Jack Solo. Brooklyn Summer. You will see some real soul. Some really good music. Enjoy it. Um, support them. And uh, support me in my next venture is my writing. I'm going to be getting into it soon. I'm always interested in something different, whether it be my garden, whether it be gardening or the fruit trees I have, or just out exploring and some of the history. And if that turns into music, then we're running with it. My next book comes out, it's going to be good. But I'm putting that off for a while, like I said. And, uh, Hope you are wonderful and healthy this year. God bless you all.